You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. All right, well, come with me in your Bibles. I will be reading from the Bible on my phone because it's a very, very sad day today. My, my, my Bible, my favorite Bible, the book of James fell out. Yeah, about two months ago, the, the, the bindings came off the cover. And I'm like, yeah, it's still okay. Hey, you're okay. And then James fell out. And so just out of a commitment to James, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going, no, that's it. We're going to retire. You know, it, it's all for one and one for all. If, if you're not coming with us, James, we're not going. So I'm going to stick him back in there and he'll go on the shelf and I'll get a new one. Amen. Well, come with me in your Bibles to the book of James chapter 5. James chapter 5. The title of my message today is Unsilencing the Lambs. Unsilencing the Lambs. It was a movie many years ago that had nothing to do with the church, but it was called The Silence of the Lambs, which I just thought was a powerful picture because that's probably... A good, good depiction of the church in the world today, the silence of the lambs. It's very, very interesting if you read the book of Isaiah, it talks about lambs and it also talks about the silence of the lambs. And in the book of Isaiah, it says the, the lambs are silenced just before they're slaughtered. that the silence of the lambs precedes the slaughter. So there's a reason that God said at the end of 2019, you're to name, change the name of your church to Awaken. We'd said on the URL since 2012. In 2012, I felt God say, buy the URL awakenchurch.com, but the time is not yet. And then it was a seven-year cycle later that God said, now is the time. When you head into 2020, the vision will be Awaken Church. We're here to awaken. But the title of this message today is Unsilence, Unsilencing the Church. So Matthew, uh, sorry, Matthew. So the book of James chapter 5, we're going to read from verse 13. It says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone among you, among you cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them Pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer. Thank you. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses one to one, one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. We're starting a brand new series called Let Us Pray. Let us pray. And today I want to just inspire you on, on prayer in the book, in book, in the month of September. We're going to uh, take everything up another notch. We're going to take everything up another level where we're going to be uh, doing prayer and fasting. 
Why would we do prayer and fasting? Because when I, when I read in the Bible, Jesus says, yeah, see this thing that is trying to destroy the next generation? See this demon that is trying to destroy? Because the disciples tried to cast it out. They said, man, how come we couldn't drive it out? He said, oh, you've, you've become like the culture around you. He says, however, this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. Amen. Prayer and fasting. And so we're going to, we're going to, we're going to fight for California. We're going to fight for the Golden State. We're going to fight for San Diego. And there's, there's evil demonic forces that are trying to destroy the emerging generation, but not on our watch, bub. We're, we're going to employ some prayer and fasting. Somebody say amen. All right, come with me. Come with me to 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1 says, now Elijah the Tishbite, which sounds painful, but it's not. It's where he's from. <laughs> Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, Ahab was the king. Ahab was the king of Israel. And he, was, he married a woman called Jezebel. Married a woman called Jezebel. And that was correct. Jezebel was a wicked woman. She did not love the Lord. She did not like the Lord. In fact, what she did was she brought her gods with her and she so manipulated Ahab. It's very interesting. It's a powerful picture of life today because Ahab comes from the Hebrew Ahav and Ahava in Hebrew is the word for love. When love marries Jezebel, when biblical love marries Jezebel, it gets perverted. So we, we've, we've had a little bit of a, a, a perversion of the, the, the gospel or God's love, that God loves everybody and that everybody's going to be saved. And, and, and yet the Bible teaches us in Psalm 1 that, that there's righteousness and wickedness. Right, there's, there's the righteous and then there's the wicked. And so what we've seen is we've seen a, a, like a, a perversion of, of a hijacking of, of love where we no longer speak the truth. I know churches that refuse to speak the truth because we don't want to offend people. Well, at some point. Now, I believe that love attracts, but it's truth that unravels. Love, love absolutely attracts people who are attracted to Jesus by his love, but he never withheld the truth. Go, sin no more. He never withheld the, he, he, he showed love, but truth. And we need, we need both today. And so, so Jezebel is killing the prophets of God. And she's feeding from her table the false prophets of Baal. She's feeding from her table the prophets of Asherah. She's feeding from her table. It's government funded, worshipping Moloch by sacrificing your babies. It's the equivalent of Planned Parenthood today, sponsored by the government. The false prophets, it's the same as NPR, it's the same as sponsored by the government, but the church's voice, the, the prophetic voice, they were being they were being executed. And so Elijah just bursts on the scene. And he comes walking up to Ahab and he says to Ahab, as, as surely as the Lord God of Israel lives. There will not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. And then he turns and he walks out. You can read that and say, well, that's a little bit arrogant. Why doesn't he say there won't be dew nor rain these years except at God's word? Because he was, he was trying to locate 
to Ahab where God's Word was living. He's saying, I know you're killing people that have God's Word in their mouth. Let me tell you, you don't scare me. You don't intimidate me and I will not be bullied by you. God's Word lives in my mouth. Therefore, there will not be dew nor rain these years except at my Word because I've made my Word His Word. I've made His Word my Word. I'm, I'm in alignment with God. Can I just encourage you that that's where the church is called to be. That's where we're called to be. So three quick points. Number one, position determines power. Your position determines your power. Elijah says to, to Ahab, there'll be no, let me just tell you Ahab, as surely as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand. As surely as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there will not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Because, because of where I stand, I have authority. Because of where I stand, I know I have power. Because of where I stand, I have courage. Because of where I stand, I have conviction. Because of where I stand, I have clarity. When you stand before God, there is not a power, there is not a devil, there is not a demon, there is not a rogue tyrant, there is not a rogue government that will intimidate you. Nebuchadnezzar can set his gold statue up in the plain of Shinar. He can have the, the harp, the lyre, the symphony and soldier with all kinds of music. He can threaten you that if you don't bow down and worship, you'll be thrown in the fiery furnace. But when you stand before God, when you stand before God, can I just encourage you, our job on a Sunday is to create an atmosphere in here to, to, bring you, to bring you out of all the negative and all the hopeless and all the anxious and all the fearful and all the noise of the world to bring you and reposition you before the throne of God so that you're standing before God because why? I know that when I stand before the throne of God, I see clearly. When I stand before the throne of God, I hear clearly. All of a sudden, all the noise and all the tumult and all the confusion gives way and I begin to see clearly. Life is correct from God's perspective. Life is correct from God's perspective. And so we want to do that. One of the saddest things is just watching, my daughter goes to a Christian school, but over the last couple of years, I've seen that Christian school begin to depart, begin to depart from, from a biblical worldview. A biblical world, worldview. Teaching, teaching things. She's coming home and she's, she's teaching stuff and and right now there's a, you know, a battle going on there with, you know, wearing masks indoors. And let, let, me just, let me just help you. My job as a pastor is to help you. If you said to me, hey, listen, I've, I've never caught COVID. Other people have caught it. I'm a little bit envious. How do, how do I get it? I would tell you, I would tell you the greatest way to increase your chances of getting COVID, it's, it's a SARS virus. I'm not sure if you realize that. Severe acute respiratory syndrome. So the greatest way to increase your chances to get SARS is to compromise your respiratory system. Compromise it. How, how would I do that? I would wear a mask. Because the carbon dioxide you're breathing out that you're meant to exhale now gets trapped and you start breathing in your carbon dioxide. Not only that, but all the pathogens and all the germs that get caught in the mask, you're now breathing in, compromising your respiratory system, increasing your chances... Did you know that the, the, the cities in America that had the highest mask compliance also had the highest rates? Like it's not rocket science. 
you were created to breathe fresh air. I'm not sure if you realize this, but the way that God created the world, you breathe out carbon dioxide, but you breathe in oxygen. Trees breathe in carbon dioxide and breathe out oxygen. It's almost like a synergy. What you breathe out, trees breathe in. What they produce, we breathe in. Putting that there. So, so they're teaching all kinds of, there's a departure from a biblical worldview. What's interesting about Elijah is Elijah says, I alone am left of the prophets of God. But the prophets of Baal are 450, the prophets of Asherah are 400, I alone am left. But there's a guy in the Bible called Obadiah who comes to Elijah and Elijah says, go and tell your boss Ahab that we're going to meet today and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel. Let's have a showdown. If Baal is God, well, then we'll see. But if the Lord is God, we'll see. You bring your prophets of Baal and I'm going to come. And we'll call on the name of our God. And Obadiah says, no, no, please don't leave. If you leave and I tell Ahab that I saw you, that I met you and I didn't capture you, he's going to kill me. He's like, please, please. And he says, surely the Lord's told you what I've done. And Elijah's like, what have you done? He says, well, 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 you know, you know, Jezebel is killing the voice of God. She's, she's censoring like Facebook, Twitter. Twitter will take down the 45th president's tweets, but the Taliban who are actually killing people, their, their accounts aren't closed, but, but I, I get censored all the time. I got one yesterday saying you can no longer post live because and all I'm doing, I'm just posting data that, that if you do a fact check on the fact checkers, I'm just saying the fact checkers are not, they are jacked up and they are, they are bought. They're not checking facts. They're, 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 they're screening narrative. So there's a, there's a war going on. So Obadiah says, well, Jezebel, well, she's, you know what I've done? I've saved 100 prophets. There were another 100 prophets beside you, man. And I've hidden them 50 in this cave and 50 in that cave. And yet Elijah's commentary is, I alone am left. Now, is he just, you know, is he just using hyperbole? Is he exaggerating? No, the truth is he was the only one speaking. See, there were 100 prophets, 100 prophets, but there were 50 in this cave, 50 in that cave, but they weren't prophesying. They weren't speaking out. Quacha, you know why they weren't speaking out? Because they didn't want to give away their location. They didn't want to be located. They didn't want to locate where they stand on same-sex marriage. They didn't want to locate where they stand on abortion. They didn't want to locate where they stand on critical right. They didn't want to locate where they stand on, they didn't want to locate where they, so they, 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 they just said, hey, we, we, we will go into self-preservation mode. Right now it is, did you know how many pastors and how many leaders are not, they, they're called to be prophets. They're called to be the mouthpiece of God. They're called to speak boldly the, the word of God and the truth of God to bring light into the darkness, but they're in self-preservation mode because they don't want anybody to know where they, they, where they stand on issues, where, where they're, they don't want to be located. So Elijah says, I alone am left. I alone am left. Point number two is dual authorities. Dual authorities. Let, 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 me, let me 
give you some teaching as to, okay, is it just because we've got a crazy German slash Australian guy who just nobody has reined this guy in? Like he is just out there. Hello. Like he makes John the Baptist look like a choir. But I mean, he is just so, so, or, or is there something in the Bible? So let me just say this, Psalm 89 verse 14, if we can put that scripture up, Psalm 89 verse 14 says that righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before Him or go before your face. So righteousness and justice are the foundation of God's throne. Mercy and truth go before Him. So you may say, well, you know, God is a merciful God. And how many people know God is merciful? But God is also a truthful God. Jesus says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The Bible says that God is the God of truth. Jesus says, when He, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit comes. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father. So, so God is truth, but he's also, he's also mercy. And so we will have Jesus loves you being preached. And that's 100% correct. And then you have people saying, you're going to burn in hell. Repent or you're going to burn in hell. And there's an element of truth that there it really is a hell. There is a hell to shun and there is a heaven to gain. You don't want to go to hell. Now, let me just say, because of God's love, if you end up in hell, you really, really had to work hard. Uh, Let me just say that if you end up in hell, you paddled your own canoe there. Jesus hung on a cross to take your sin and my sin upon Himself, but He didn't just take my sin. He then on the cross absorbed the judgment of God for my sin when He was on the cross so that I could be free. So if you end up there, it's, it's your own doing. There's nobody going to be in hell going, no, that's not fair. <laughs> anyway, so, so which one is God? Is he, is, he, is he mercy or is He truth? He's both. Is God a king or is he a priest? He's both. Jesus, is he a king or is he a priest? Well, we know Jesus with Pilate. Pilate said to him, you are a king. Then he said, it is so. But Jesus in the book of Hebrews, the Bible tells us that he is our high priest who made atonement before God. So Jesus is a king and he's a priest. Melchizedek in the Bible, king or priest. He's both. Melchi means king, Zedek, righteousness. He's the king of righteousness. But it introduced him as the king of Salem, the king of Shalom. But then the Bible says, and he was the priest of God most high. So he was king and he was priest. These are parallel authorities that that run like railway lines. they, They are congruent, but they keep each other in check. They keep each other in account. When when Israel asked for a king, when Israel asked for a king, Samuel had to say to the people, do you realize what you're asking? You're you're creating a separation now. And this king cannot help, but he will make war against, he will go rogue. In the book of Revelation, it says, and the dragon gave the beast authority. And as soon as he got authority, the first thing he does, the Bible says, and he immediately went out and made war against the government, excuse me, and made war against the mayor, made war against the saints. He attacks the church. He attacks the church. They come to Jesus and, they, and they're trying to trap Jesus. 
Israel is under Roman rule, under Roman occupation. And so they're trying to trap Jesus and they said, teacher, is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? They were trying to trap him. Because if Jesus says, well, they're the occupying power, they could say, see, he doesn't believe the covenants of God, the promises of God. He doesn't believe that God gave us this land, that this is our land and that we've been, that authority has been usurped. Or if he rejects the Roman rule, they can then dob him in as an insurrectionist and a, a rebel against the Roman authority. They thought it was a catch-22. So they said, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? Jesus takes takes this, this entrapment and twists it into a teaching moment. He says, bring me a denarius. They're like, what? He's like, bring me a denarius. They're like, we know he's a preacher. He's taking an offering. <laughs> bring me a denarius. They bring him a denarius. And he's like, whose inscription is that? They said, Caesar's. He says, then render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God, because both authorities are legitimately resting on the land. There's a kingly authority and there's a priestly authority. David understood this because David was Saul's successor. He became the king of Israel. But you'll regularly read in the Bible that David, the king, would go to Abiathar, the priest, and he would ask Abiathar if he could have the linen ephod and he would put the ephod that the priests wore and he would put the, the ephod on and he would inquire of the Lord, but he did it submitting to the authority. Around David's throne, he had prophets so that when he messed up with Uriah and Bathsheba, the prophet Nathaniel was able to bring correction to him and not be executed because David understood the duality of authorities. He understood the duality of powers. When our founding fathers established the United States of America, they did not create, it's nowhere in the Constitution, the separation of church and state. That was a letter to the Danbury Baptist saying there is a dividing wall. The reason that exists is because they left England and they saw the corruption of England where the king of England brought the church under. And so he wanted to, King Uzziah in the Bible, who was a great king, built aqueducts and viaducts and catapults and weapons and war, and he loved the soil and agriculture and horticulture, and he was prosper. But then he walks into the temple to offer a sacrifice, and the priest's like, hey, 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 that's not for you, that's only for priests, and he shuns the priest, and he offers, and the Bible says God immediately judges him, and he becomes leprous to the day of his death. You'd be like, man, that's a little harsh, you just want to give a not, no, 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 he, he, God was like, you are, you are trying to make war. You are trying to bring under your authority. You are dismissing. So why, why do we speak up? Because we are that authority in the earth. We are the priestly authority that holds the government authority. So our founding fathers needed the church to not be uh, not be encumbered by, not be, not be compromised, not be, not be funded by 
the government, not be owned by the government, not be under the government, but separate, separate so that we can hold them accountable, so that we can speak into the moral fabric and the moral conscience that we can call out. That's the job of the church. But the government, rogue governments and tyrants don't want the church to speak up. They don't want to be challenged on their infidelity. They don't want to be challenged on their wickedness, on their unrighteousness. They don't want to be challenged on that. So they make war against the church. But guess what? We're the church that refuses to back up. We're the, few, the church that refuses to let up. And we're the church that refuses to shut up. We will speak out for righteousness. We will speak out for peace. We will speak out for freedom. Can somebody say amen? So it's very interesting. Right now, you will notice that there is an attack on the First Amendment. There's an attack on the First Amendment. May I say to you that if you do not have free speech, you are not free. Any nation where there is no free speech, there is no freedom. You are free when you have free speech. But I want you to notice what's happening. The devil is not only attacking free speech. In my message that I preached last week that I want to encourage you, it's called Signs of Life. Download it, listen to it. It was an incredibly, incredibly prophetic message. Elisha, Elijah's successor, Elisha, goes to the home of a woman in Shunem that had a miracle boy who now is 10 years old and has passed away. And Gehazi the servant lays Elisha's staff on the little boy's face hoping that the anointing would, would raise him back to life. And then when Gehazi comes to Elisha and gives him the report, he says, the child is not awakened. There's neither voice nor hearing. Isn't it interesting? He didn't say the child is not awakened. There's neither pulse nor breath. The world judges life by pulse, heartbeat and breath inspiration. There are a lot of churches that have great, great inspirational sermons and inspirational messages and inspirational, great heart, great pastoral care, great programs. But when heaven looks down, heaven is looking for more than pulse and it's looking for more than breath. It's, heaven is looking down. Heaven judges whether something's awakened or dead, whether there's voice and hearing. So the devil is censoring the voice of the church. He's censoring the voice of truth tellers. He's censoring the voice of righteousness, but it's not just the voice. I want you to notice how hard it is to get truth. America's frontline doctors, Dr. Judy Mikovitis, the, the great Barrington Declaration, the, the, all of these people are ostracized and they are stripped from YouTube, they are stripped from Facebook, they are stripped from anybody that is speaking out against the narrative because the devil knows it's not just voice, but it's also hearing. If you've ever, if you've ever uh, conversed with somebody who is deaf, with, who is deaf, you will find that, that, that they have a very, very hard time enunciating words. It's not that there's something wrong with their vocal cords. It's because your voice and the clarity and the strength of your voice and your word is determined by your ability to hear. So what the devil is doing right now is he is stripping, he is taking away 
the truth so that people don't hear the truth because He's trying to dilute the words that we speak. So the words that we speak are words of fear, words of anxiety, words of... But can I just tell you, in this house, we are determined that we want to not only hear from God, we stand, we position ourselves before God because we want to hear from God. Seven letters to seven churches in the book of Revelation. All of them say, let him who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. I want you to know God is speaking. God has clarity. God has conviction. And God wants to lead us through the confusion. Can somebody say amen? Amen. So, so watch this. Number three, number three is air power. Air power. I want to just quickly play. Uh, can we just take this down? Um, the Bible says in, in Ephesians 2 verse 2 that, that Satan, the devil, is the God of this age and he's the prince of the power of the air. I want you to watch this TikTok video. It's, it's only short. Uh, about something that that is that Google and Facebook have done. So let's roll this video. So I haven't seen a lot of people talk about this, but this is one of the most alarming things that I have seen all year. YouTube and Google updated their policy for YouTube. And in this new COVID policy, you cannot use prayer as a form of treatment. So if you say you want to pray for someone that they heal from COVID, and if you say that to put in place of a doctor's advice, you will be taken down or they will flag your video or remove your video. Do you guys understand what's happening yet? Are you awake yet? Freedom of speech, out the window. Freedom of religion, out the window. The whole point of prayer is healing, is miracles. Jesus can heal. Jesus can do the impossible. Now, how many people know that the devil always reveals his hand? If they're taking down prayer, it's because the devil's nervous. See, the Bible says that he's the prince of the power of the air. Which tells me, if hang on, if he's the prince, who's the king of the power of the air? Jesus Christ is. But the Bible says that Jesus is the head of the, the head of the church. The prince is not the ultimate authority. He's not the, but he is in the abdication of the king. If the king ain't speaking, then the prince's word prevails. No wonder, no wonder the devil wants the church to shut up. No wonder the devil wants the church to be silent, but we refuse. So point number three is air power. Did you know that whoever controls the airspace controls the the region? Right now there's a battle in Kabul over an airport. Because even the devil knows whoever controls the airspace controls the region. The shock and awe campaign was before they send the ground troops in from the air, from the air, they rain down fire. From the air, they rain down. The battle is won in the heavenly realm before it is outworked in the natural realm. The church, our job is to not be silent. The church for the longest time has allowed the, the world to define our, our assignment, our mission. I hear it all the time. Well, you know, the church, you just, you just need to be like feeding the poor and feeding the homeless and the church just needs to be seen and not heard. 
the wicked, the wicked want to have their rebellion, their licentiousness, their lust, their sin, their transgression. They want to do all of that. And then so that they don't feel so bad, they want the church to come in afterwards and mop up and clean up and minister to all the lives that they've abused, all the lives that they've violated. We come in and clean them up so that they don't have to repent and feel so bad. When, when, when Abraham went in and rescued his, his nephew Lot and his family because the king of Sodom and Gomorrah and Padma and those areas, because they were defeated by the kings, Abraham had to come in and clean up the mess of these perverse kings. And then the Bible says the king of Sodom went into the valley of Shaveh, the valley of kings, to negotiate with, with Abraham. And Abraham says, I'm not going to take not even a sandal strap from you. I'm not going to take one dime from you, lest you say you made Abraham. In other words, he's saying, I'm not getting into bed with the government. Oh, you want to take away my 501c3 status? Take it, knock yourself out. I'd rather pay taxes than be mute, than be silenced. And I'd, and I'd rather do that than, than you just relegate me to my job is to come in and clean up after your mess. We are the head, not the tail. Above only, not beneath. We are called to be the voice of God, the voice of truth, the voice of righteousness, the voice of clarity in a time of confusion. We are here that Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. All right, quick, quickly grab a seat. I've got to finish. I've got to finish. In 1945, 1945, we defeated, the Allied forces defeated Nazi Germany. They, they defeated the war machine that was Hitler's war machine. They, they ended what was the final solution, which was the, the, the genocide of the, the, the Jewish nation, the Jewish people. They ended it. They ended it. And so, so we look back and say, wow, we, we, we defeated evil and evil was defeated. Problem. Hitler, Goebbels, Himmler, they're all dead. But the evil demonic spirit that drove them, that energized them, seeks another place to rest. In every generation, every generation must fight evil, but you cannot fight until you locate. When they were looking for Osama bin Laden, before they could take him out, they had to first locate where he was. Evil always looks because it has no rest, it has no peace, but it always looks for another expression. And it comes to, to every generation to rise up, to push back, to, to try and locate where, where that, that evil is, where, 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 where that battle is. And I want you to know right now that wherever hearts are rebellious against God, wherever people in authority reject God, you will find that that's where evil dwells. Jesus said this, He says, when you pray, say, our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who sin against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That's where Jesus finished. King Henry VIII, who was the head of the Church of England, decided he wanted to make a contribution. So he added into our Bibles, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever and amen. He took a stanza out of King David and he put it in the Bible, but that's not in the original. Jesus finished, He opens with our Father in heaven and He finishes with deliver us from the evil one. He said that not because He was a conspiracy theorist. Jesus said that because He was a reality bringer. He was trying to tell us that evil is in the earth. Evil is in the earth and we have to locate where it is. We have to call out where it is. We have to resist and we have to expose because our assignment is to bring down. I refuse, I refuse to back up into the back of my cave so that people to find freedom, a semblance of freedom, have to move to Montana. They have to move to Idaho. They have to move to Texas. They have to move because the, the battle won't end here. The battle's gonna keep finding you. So I say, let's just, let's just dig in. Let's put our flag in the ground and let's push back. Let's fight back. Let's get Mussolini out of office. Let's start believing that California, we're gonna end the corruption and the voter fraud. We're gonna put righteous men and righteous women into places of authority. We're going to end the tyranny. We're going to end the nonsense and the lies. We're going to prosecute. We're going to expose. Come on, if you believe that, give God a shout. All right, really quickly, really quickly. I'm, I'm already in trouble. I'm over time. Pastor John said to me, if I go over time again, that they're not going to invite me back. And I'm like, oh, Bible says Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Did you know that Elijah got so depressed he was suicidal? Angels had to cook him food because he had nobody around him. He, he, was, he was alone, felt isolated, felt depressed. And then his commentary was, I'm no better than my father's. He saw the same struggles and sins in his father that he saw in himself. And he wanted to commit suicide, but angels ministered to him. So he, was, he had a nature like ours. But what he had was an anointing from heaven. And the Bible says that Elijah, who had a nature like ours, accessed something. And I want you to know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I want you to know that, that God is looking for Elijahs in this hour. God is looking for people who refuse to back up, let up, or shut up. God, God is looking for His Elijahs. And the same Spirit that rested on Elijah can rest on you today. The Bible says that he prayed once and the heavens were shut. And it says that he prayed again. But if you read the story in, in 1 Kings 18, he didn't just pray once. He, he, he prayed and he sent his servant and his servant ran, looked look towards nothing, comes back. Elijah prays a second time, says, go and see. So he goes over and he looks out towards Capernaum where you can just kind of see the sea and he looks, still nothing just blue sky. Third time sends him. Fourth time sends him. And Elijah, the Bible says, he's, he's bowed on the ground. And he's praying fervently. And then he turns to his servant and says, go now, go now. I felt something shift. The servant, still nothing. Four times, five times, six times. Can you just imagine on the sixth time, go again. Again? It's the sixth. All right. This time he looks and he, and he sees a cloud the size of a man's hand rising out of the sea. That's not much. 
comes back and says, ah, do I even mention it? Ah, well, it's the seventh time I said, well, there's a little cloud the size of a man's hand, tiny little cloud coming up. And Elijah just turns to him and says, run, run. You won't make it to the palace before the entire sky will be filled and blackened with clouds. Because I heard, now watch this. Elijah, when he called down fire, executed the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah. As soon as he dealt with the fake news, excuse me, the false prophets, as soon as he dealt with that, he could hear clearly. And he said to Ahab, he said, now, now, that, I've ex- now that I've taken out the interference in the high places, now that I've torn down the high, now that I've got rid of the false prophets, the fake, now that I've got rid of that, I can, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Go up to your palace and eat and drink. Elijah prayed until his eyes saw what his spirit had heard. Elijah prayed until the land experienced what God had promised. Elijah prayed until the nation of Israel experience the things that God had spoken. What is our assignment? Our assignment is to pray until, until San Diego sees what God has spoken, until California receives what God has declared. Our job is to stand against the wicked. Our job is to stand against the unrighteous. Our job is to push back. Our job is to call to account. Our job is to call out. Our job is to locate evil, expose it for what it is, declare it, unveil it, reveal it and defeat it. And I'm telling you, if the devil is trying to silence prayer, he's given us a clue. So you know what we're going to do? Oh, oh, we're going to not just pray, devil. We're going to do prayer and fasting. Devil, you better get ready because a whooping is coming your way. We're going to open a can, a can of whoop in the month of September. Come on, stand to your feet, stand to your feet. Come on, if you receive that, just lift your hands high to heaven. Let me read, let me read a, a really beautiful quote by one of my favorite presidents. One person can make a difference and every person should try. You're thinking, which Republican Democrat? JFK. Don't be confused thinking, oh, you know, you know he's, just, he's just a raging Republican, isn't he? I'm telling you that the GOP... We're in this mess because of their cowardice, their ineptness and their compromise. I will stand behind any politician, regardless of party, that aligns with the Scriptures, that aligns with the Word of God. Keep your hands lifted. John F. Kennedy said these words. He said, only a few generations have been granted the role of defending our freedom in its hour of maximum danger. I do not shrink from this responsibility, but welcome it. Only a few generations. I refuse to be that generation that doesn't fight and passes the battle on to my children. Right now, freedom is under attack the world over. There, there, there really is a global agenda. They, they, they talk about it. January this year, the World Economic Forum 
Klaus Schwab said in 2030, you will own nothing and you will have no freedom, but you'll be so happy. Yeah, yeah. You'll be so happy. It's like beatings will continue until morale improves. You'll be, you'll be happy or you'll be shot. Let me just say this. Whoever owns the land writes the rules. Did you know that? Whoever owns the land writes the rules. What, they, what the globalists hate about America is in America, the American dream and the freedom and the liberty that, that you and I have is to own our own land, to be Lord over your own piece of territory. And if you think it's just about masks and then vaccines and then it's, it's not going to end. They want to take everything. 20th, the Great Reset. They want to reduce the world's population by 2 billion people. In the 20th century, if you think, oh, he's, he's full of conspiracy theories. Well, just go back 100 years. In the 20th century, 140 million people were murdered just between Mao and Stalin. Just between those two, at least 140 million people in the name of communism for the greater good. What, what, is, what is happening on our planet right now makes that look like a drop in the ocean. They're talking about exterminating billions because they're saying there's not enough resources. I would say to you, there are plenty of resources. There's just too much greed, Mr. Gates. Bill Gates is saying, no, no, because of the existential threat of climate change, there's not enough food and resources. So we need to lower the, and we can do it through vaccinations. We can do it. We can, we can lower the world's population by about two, two billion people. Oh, I see. There's, there's not enough. You need more. And these, my Bible tells me in Genesis 1, 29, 28, God bless, be fruitful, multiply. 29, God said to Adam, He said, See, I've given you every tree, every herb, every fruit-bearing plant that has seed within itself. To you, it shall be for food. In other words, did you like that orange, son? Love that orange. Great. Did you see the seeds? Yeah, I spat them out. Well, if you plant those seeds, those seeds will produce a tree that will produce thousands of oranges, hundreds of thousands of seeds. In just three or four cycles, you can go from one orange to entire orange juice factory. I really like the apples. Great. Did you see that there were seeds in the idea? Well, if you plant that seed from that one apple, that seed will produce a tree that will produce hundreds of apples, that will produce hundreds of thousands of seeds. You can have an entire apple juice factory. When we apply God's principles, there is no shortage. If you look at every nation where there's famine and impoverishment, you will always find at the very, very top, there is corrupt government. Corrupt government, bankrupt nations again and again and again and again. They're trying to do that in America. They need America to fall, but not on our watch. Not on our watch. Not on our watch. Come on, if you believe that, say amen.
the unsilencing of the lambs. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me bless you. Let me bless you. Let me bless you. Now listen, if your life is not right with Jesus, if you've never surrendered, if you once walked with Jesus but you're away, standing over here is a beautiful young lady. She is a, also known as a Polish princess. So when you see her, say Czech and Zinkuje, uh, if she gives you a Bible, lovely Polish lady. She, she is one of the best people in our church. If your life's not right with Christ or you brought someone who needs to come back to Christ, see this young lady. We're going to give you a Bible. We're going to give you a following Jesus book. And one of our wonderful team would love to pray with you. In a moment, I'm going to open the altar and our ministry team are going to come forward. If you need prayer, if you've just been so beat down, if you're fighting mask mandates and vax mandates and being threatened at your workplace, or if you're just, you know, constantly finding, my gosh, I just feel wore out, come and get prayer this morning. We have men's prayer Tuesday morning and then women's prayer Thursday morning right here. We'd love you to come. But lift your hands. Let me say a blessing over you. Father, I thank you for these beautiful people. I thank you that the hand of God, the blessing of God, and the favor of God rests on these mighty warriors that refuse to back up, that refuse to let up, and that refuse to shut up. But they are going to speak up for the Most High God. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenchurch.com.